This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. My name is Denise Renner. I'm so excited about coming in to your space and talking to you today. And I'm going to talk to you today about the miracle working power of God. He is alive. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was doing miracles 2,000 years ago, and he's still doing miracles today. His power has not diminished in any way. I know a young woman right now who had a cancerous tumor inside of her womb. And she went to the doctor the other day and they said, we can't see anything. There's nothing there. It's like it's disappeared. What was that? That was the power of God. Tumors don't disappear. Cancer doesn't disappear. That's the power of God coming into her body. I've told you before how God healed my face so many, many years ago and that I had that disease for 13 years. Awful. Anytime I tried to, to get this poison out of my cheeks or my forehead or my neck, it, it would bruise my face. I was embarrassed in front of my friends. I was embarrassed. I didn't feel like I was good as everybody else around me. I heard that by his stripes, I'm healed. And something inside of me said, it woke up and it said, do you mean that I could be healed? And faith came into my heart. And after several months, I went to bed one night, miracle working power of God touching me in the night. I don't know how he did it. I don't know when he did it. I just know that the next morning I woke up. And of a disease that I'd had for 13 years on my forehead, my cheeks, and my neck was absolutely gone. I was absolutely clean. That's the miracle working power of God. And I want to talk to you about a man in the New Testament that received a miracle from Jesus. If you need prayer, we want to pray for you. Just call us, write us, let us know. Because the Bible says we're two or more agree together. Touching anything, it shall be done by our Father who is in heaven. And if you have any responses or God's done something special in your life through this program, please let us know. Well, we are starting in John chapter 5. And it says... After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these five porches lay a great multitude of sick people. Blind, lame, paralyzed, and they're all waiting for the moving of the water. 
For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, I see the mercy and the love of God in this. Because at that time, it was before Jesus had died. It was before he paid for all of our sicknesses and our diseases. And at that time, not very many people were healed. And so I think it was God's mercy. Of course, it was God's mercy because it was an angel. An angel came from time to time. Here are all these horribly sick people, blind, lame. Uh, some of their limbs were withered. They're paralyzed. They have no hope. But God would send an angel into this water, stir up the water, and whoever got in first got healed. That was the mercy of God. Maybe it was just one. We don't know how many times that that water would stir and somebody would get healed. But that is the heart of God. He hated sickness then. If he could just heal one, he did. He, he hates sickness, sickness right now. That's why Jesus took our sicknesses and diseases. But at that time, Jesus came to this place where all these sick people were. And verse five says, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Can you even imagine 38 years? I, I really cannot imagine 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be well? First off, I want to point out to you that Jesus saw him. Again, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When he sees us in our pain, in our misery, when, when, when you wake up at night, and and you're in cold sweats and you don't know what to do or you have a high fever or you're coughing uncontrollably or your child is coughing uncontrollably. He sees it. That's what it says about that man. It says he saw him. And when he saw him, he saw that he had been in that condition a long time. He sees your sickness or disease. He sees how many times you've been to the doctor. He sees the money that you paid and the money that you spent. He sees his compassion is there and his compassion for this man who had been laying there in that horrible condition 30 Eight years. The Bible says he saw it. And Jesus said to the man, Do you want to be made well? Well, this man, can you imagine? He's been there 38 years. So what does he know? He doesn't even know who Jesus is. He all he knows 
is that what he's seen? And he has seen the water be stirred, an angel stirring the water. And then somebody would jump in first and they would get healed. And they would come out of that water and they'd be completely healed. And then he would see it again and he would try to get in there and somebody always went before him. He would see it again. He'd try to get in there and somebody always got before him. He'd see them healed, but he never saw himself healed. It was all he knew. And so when Jesus says, do you want to be made well? Well, this man, he's just an honest man. He doesn't say yes. He just says what he knew. And he told Jesus. He said, every time that I want to go into that water, Somebody goes ahead of me and Jesus really ignores what the man says. And he just, uh, because Jesus knows this is all that the man knows. But Jesus has something else in mind. Not to wait there until the angel gets there and stirs up the water and Jesus can throw the man into the water. No. Jesus has miracle working power that he is wanting to get to that man. I want you to look at verse 7. So the man says, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the water. When the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Now look what Jesus says in verse 8. Jesus said, rise, take up your bed, and walk. Notice Jesus doesn't say, well, I understand. Well, that's just too bad. He hardly pays attention to what this man said. Because it's not going to do Jesus any good to pay attention to what this man said. Because This man, he doesn't even know who Jesus is. He doesn't believe in Jesus. All he believes in is that that water and that angel stirring up that water. But Jesus brings his attention to himself. And Jesus says, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately, the Bible says immediately, immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. I want you to notice the difference between the end of verse 7 and the beginning of verse 8. At the end of verse 7 is everything the man knew is his terrible condition of 38 years, is his hopelessness, is his no way out, is his I can't get in the water. But in verse 8 is the power of God. Jesus just speaks to the man. Rise, take up your bed and walk. I want to tell you, friend, For us, 
This is a powerful moment to think about. I think about when we have our problem and when we get our answer. Or, or you have your problem and then in the next moment, you've got your miracle. What happens in that in-between time? It's the power. It's the love. It's the mercy. It's the grace of God. You have your problem. You say what you think. You say what you believe. But between here and between the miracle is the power of God. Somewhere for my friend that was healed of cancer in her womb, somewhere between cancer in the womb, doctors saying you need to have operation, and now it's gone. Somewhere between the problem and the miracle is the power of God. That power has not diminished. Not one little tiny bit from the day that Jesus said to that man, rise, take up your bed and walk to now. That same power is right there for you. Right now. That power is here. The Bible says that he's as close to us as our breath. If you're born again, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives in you. Well, that's the third person of the Godhead. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is with you. Well, who is he? He's the miracle working power of God. When we turn our attention, our faith upon his truth, that by his stripes we are healed and we have a terrible disease like I had on my face. And then we come into a place. We don't know how it happened. We don't even know when it happened. But now we're free from that disease. What happened between the disease and now we're free from the disease? It was the working miracle, working power of God that has not diminished one bit. And that is stretched out to you and to me at this very moment. To him who believes. But the power is so great that for this man, he received the power. He had the problem. He thought he only answer he knew. Jesus spoke to him and he was miraculously healed, took up his bed and he walked. Commentators say that he actually, because it says he actually took up his bed and he, he walked. It's the absolute proof of his complete healing. Another absolute proof is, is that the Jews heard about it. The Pharisees heard about it and they criticized him for carrying his bed and walking. This man received a miracle, but he didn't believe. He didn't know what to believe in. 
All he believed in was the water. All he believed in was some man to throw him into the water. He did not believe. That's what I'm telling you, my friend. He did not believe. But Jesus' power was there to touch him, whether he believed or he, not, he did not. He did not even know who Jesus was. But you and I, we believed on him. We believed that he is our savior. We believed that he took our sins. We received the Holy Spirit. His word is there for us to believe on and receive that miracle that you need right now. Well, this man, as you know, he was, the Bible says, immediately he was healed. And now he's walking around. <clears throat> he's carrying his mat. The Pharisees are all upset that he is carrying his mat and walking around. They're upset that he was healed on the Sabbath. They asked the man, they said, who did this to you? And the and in verse 13, the man says, I don't know. I don't know who touched me. I don't know how I got healed. And the Bible says, and I love this. Now, can you imagine, just try to imagine, you haven't walked, you haven't carried anything uh, maybe you haven't moved your arms or maybe you haven't moved your legs and all you've been doing there is laying there for 38 years. And then this man that you heard his name is Jesus and that's all you know, he tells you to pick up your bed and to walk and you're immediately healed. But then this man just walks away from you. You're standing there. You're completely healed. You're carrying your bed, you're walking. And now these people come up and they criticize you that you're carrying your bed and they're not even excited for you that you are walking or moving your arms or holding your head or not in pain that you've been in for 38 years. This was this man's case. And then... Listen to this. And then he said that, that, verse 12, then he asked him, who is the man that said, take up your bed in verse 13, but the man didn't know and that who healed him. And then verse 14, the man was still in the temple. And it says that Jesus found him. Now, Jesus could have just healed the man, which is a fantastic miracle, 38 years, not being able to move, 38 years of misery, 38 years of pain, 38 years of not doing anything with your life except being sick and being around other sick people. He's in the temple and Jesus found him. It was great that he had the miracle, but 
Jesus wanted to touch the man, not just on the outside, not just that he could walk, not just that he could move his arms and have a normal life. He wanted to touch the man on the inside. When Jesus was on the cross, yes, he took our sicknesses. Yes, he took our diseases. But he took all our sin on himself so that we would not have to bear it and bear eternal punishment forever and ever. Jesus took that punishment on himself. Yes, he wants to heal you, but he wants to touch your heart. This man, yes, he healed him. Fantastic, amazing, wonderful miracle. If we'd have seen it, we would have all just been beside ourselves that this wonder. But that's not all that Jesus cared about. Jesus cared about what was on the inside of the man. And he even went looking for him. I love that. Jesus is looking for you. He is looking for me. The Bible says we didn't choose him. He chose us. We didn't come to him on our own. He came to us. Oh, it's fantastic. What a love. What a lover. He was looking for you. He was looking for this man. He was looking for me. He, he was seeking me out when I gave him my whole life and my heart and my soul. He was working. And for this man, completely healed. But he had some other things going on in his life. And Jesus knew it. And Jesus cared. And Jesus found him. And it says in verse 14. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See you have been made well. Well, that's the truth. Sin no more, lest a worst thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. And then after that, the Jews, they tried to kill Jesus, but he escapes from them. But Jesus was talking He'd already healed him, but now he's talking to the inside. And he said to him, sin no more. Well, we don't know what sin that Jesus is referring to. But do you see the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to that man? First of all, he found him. The man wasn't looking for Jesus. Jesus was looking for him. Second, he said, sin no more. And third, that a worse thing do, does not come upon you. Jesus was saying, you stop that sinning, what you're doing. You know what I'm talking about now. You stop that. Because if you don't, 
something worse is going to come on you. Jesus was speaking out of his mercy. He was warning this man. Maybe the Lord's warning you about something. Maybe he's touched you. I mean, you're his, you're his child, but he's speaking to you about some kind of a sin or wrong that you are doing. And he's saying, I want you to stop that. You better stop that. Because if you don't, something else is going, worse is going to come. I don't know. I don't know what God is saying to you. But I do know this, friend, that we need to heed the word and the warnings of the Holy Spirit when he speaks to our heart. When he says, I want you to give that up. I want you to change that attitude. I want you to forgive that person. Yes, he healed our body. He saved us, but he wants to continue to do the work on the inside of us. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for the whole man, not just for our body to be healed, but the whole man, the heart to be saved, that we'd, we'd, we would know soundness of mind, that we would become a loving person, that we would become a forgiving person. When he came in, he came in for the whole man to, for, to renew our mind to the truth, to give us direction so that we wouldn't be confused. Oh, he's there, right there, present with you right now. If he's speaking to your heart about changing anything like he did to that man, listen to him. Listen to his warning. In his warning is great love. The same power that healed that man is the same power that's healing us today and talking to us today. He's there for you. Just reach out and take what it is he's saying to you. Well, we're out of time. I love you, and I'll see you next time. All of us want our relationships to grow and improve. For example, don't you want your marriage to be in better shape than it is right now? Even if things are going well, you probably see areas where it could be improved right? In this candid 16-part series, Denise Renner hilariously and compassionately reveals areas where all of us can do better in our relationships and especially in our marriages. Sometimes little changes make big differences. Titles in this series include, Help! My Mouth is Making Trouble for Me. Who is in control here? My mouth or me? I thought I was supposed to change it. Help me, Lord. I need to forgive. I thought I had already reached my forgiveness quota. Rick Renner says, this series is so awesome. Every person will laugh their way to transformation as Denise candidly addresses areas where we can all improve. This life-changing 16-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $25. We are also offering you Denise's companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? for just $15 with genuine warmth and candor. Denise recounts the journey of her own struggles in marriage and the unique insights she learned along the way to attaining emotional health and happiness. Your life will be enriched by biblical wisdom as Denise sheds light on your path to happily ever after and shows you right where to begin again if you've lost your way. 
Don't miss this special offer. The entire 16-part series, School of Cinderella, and the companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.